Salutations and welcome back to She Lives Podcast. I am your host, Shamika Manuel at She Lives Well. So far for the first season, I've talked about five of the nine rooms that we have to get back in order after getting out of a relationship. Now, remember, I'm not just speaking of relationships with an intimate partner or a sexual relationship. No, it can be a work relationship or a relationship with a parent, a sibling, a neighbor or a friend. And keep in mind, these relationships they probably didn't necessarily end because of an, of an argument or a disagreement that you guys had. It could have been a loss, especially during these last two years where you've been losing a lot of loved ones. And sometimes things were left unsaid, issues not resolved before the loss of your loved one. These can make it more difficult to move forward in the recovery process. So remember, this information can be applied to your recovery process as well. In addition, this conversation is not limited to just women. Men can benefit from this information as well. Believe it or not, She Lives Well does serve men as well as women. There are loads of men who are searching for ways to enhance in their occupation and they are discovering that yoga, breathwork, meditation can assist them in getting to the next level. So they do come to She Lives Well to get the works. So I am opening up this door to say, men, you are welcome to listen. You are welcome to comment. You are welcome to give some great feedback. And I have gotten some feedback from a few men who actually listen to the podcast. And I want to thank you guys for listening. Ladies, thank you so much for listening. And we are going to jump on into this next episode. Now, I know there has been a gap between the last room and the room that we're going to enter into today. Day, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it has taken me a while to get this next episode because this room, the sixth room, will take us a bit deeper than the other ones. Now, this particular room is involved in everything we do and everything we are. The first five rooms were the basic areas of life. You know, most holistic practitioners are going to tap into it. The mind, the body, the spirit, the heart and soul. Yeah, you know, those five, they're considered to be the main areas of our existence. And the room that we're going to step into today is one we don't usually discuss amongst each other. Normally, we leave it to the experts. To handle all of this talk. That's why right. there are loads of information, many lectures that you can find on various platforms about this particular room. Now, we are definitely going to have the experts join us. But as for right now, we're going to talk because sometimes when the experts come in and, and they get to discussing it, you know, their language is often so technical and so beyond our level of understanding that it loses our attention. And sometimes it's kind of boring. So today we're going to try to make this not so boring and try to make some sense out of 
this particular room and learn how we can improve this room and get this room back in order after the relationship is over. Now, I know you're wondering what room are we in today? (laughs) Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are in her brain. That's right. We are going to talk about ways that we can revise our subconscious so that we can reprogram our intellectual power after the relationship is over. In our second episode, you heard me cite a quote, where the mind goes, the body follows. Today, we are going to dive a bit deeper with another quote, get your brain right and your mind will follow. Again, get your brain right and your mind will follow. Now, those are the words of Dr. Daniel G. Amen. He is the founder of the Amen Clinics and also a psychiatrist and brain disordered specialist who is also a best-selling author. Some of the books that he has written, they are Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, The End of Mental Illness, The Brain in Love, healing ADD, and the list goes on and on. Today, I wanted to share a piece from his book called Healing the Hardware of the Soul, Enhance Your Brain to Improve Your Work, Love, and Spiritual Life. Despite advances in medical science, many people don't seem to realize how important the brain is to everyday life. It is the organ that guides and directs nearly everything we do. How we think, how we feel, how we act, how well we get along with others, and even our faith are influenced by the physical functioning of the brain. When I meet a person whose brain works right, I am likely to see someone with prosperous, fulfilled, loving, and connected life. When I treat someone whose brain does not work right, more often than not, the history I take reveals a life that is associated with struggle, pain, isolation, and failure. The soul's health and the physical functioning of the brain work together to help us be happy, giving, and loving, or they are discordant and cause serious emotional and behavior problems. Now, I share this because we need to understand the role of the brain in everyday life and in everything that we do. And especially since this podcast is, well, this particular season, we're talking about healing from toxic relationships. Now, there has to be some part of this where the brain, we have to understand that the brain has to be fixed. 
has to be improved so that we can learn to not choose these toxic relationships. Or we can learn how to attract healthier relationships. But I feel like it all starts with the brain, how we're thinking. So in order to understand how to change that aspect of our lives, I feel like we need to understand how the brain works. How does the brain operate? Now, first, let me say I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. Although when I first went to college, I did want to study psychology. That was my first my first choice. But when they said, Shamika, you're going to have to go back to school after those four years, I said, oh, nah, we got to choose something else. We ain't doing this and that's not, it ain't for me. <laughs> okay. I love to study, but I do not, I want to control how I study. You know what I'm saying? I don't need nobody telling me I need to turn this in by a certain day. I don't need that extra stress, but I do love to study psychology. I love to study these things, you know. So, um, you know, I love to study how the brain works, all this stuff. I love it. You know, this is what I do. But I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. So I just wanted to say that the information that I share is from my own self-study, from my experience, and from observation. I have listened to various, several lectures and everything. So um, I'm getting pieces and bits from some of everywhere. Um, So keep in mind, I am not a doctor. If you do need to go to a doctor, please do not hesitate to see your doctor. Now, I do believe in the heal thyself theory. I believe in the heal thyself concept and I do believe that some of us have the power. I can't say all of us have that power, even though I do kind of believe we all have it, but I'm just not 100% sure that we all have that power to heal ourselves. So, but I do believe in that theory. I do believe that um, that we can heal ourselves. And I not only believe it, I know it to be true because there have been several incidents where I've been able to heal myself. So um, I just wanted to put that out there. But I do want to look at the brain and how it operates. I want us to, you know, just touch on it at least. Also in this sixth room, the brain, we focus on reprogramming our intellectual power, which is our ability to have a receptive outlook on learning new things to consider some fresh possibilities, and to attempt critical thinking. A functioning psyche is beneficial to your complete wellness. And that is why this room is so important. So understanding how the human brain works is something we need to study. The human brain is an intricate organ. At roughly three pounds, it contains around 100 billion neurons and 100 trillion associations. Your brain is command focal of all you think, feel, 
and do. Your brain is isolated into two parts, two halves, okay? And I know we all learned this before. So we have our um, left and right brain theory that we're going to talk about briefly. So the theory is that individuals are either left-brained or they're right-brained. <laughs> yes, I said brained, brained. That's right. So yeah, let me be serious. So the theory is this that you know you're either a left brain or a right brain. And remember this has nothing to do with gender. A woman can be a left brainer. And a man can be a right brainer. So has absolutely nothing to do with gender. So but for the left brainers, uh, which is the masculine side of you, um, is is steady, it's more unsurprising. Its qualities are determination, transparency, and core interests. The masculine energy likes to make structures and rules, so it realizes how to apply the rationale correctly. While the right brainer is the feminine energy domination. And remember, again, I'm going to reiterate that this does not have anything to do with gender. A man can be a right brainer, which is the feminine energy domination. So um, the feminine energy is flowing, dynamic. Her moves can't be anticipated or consistently explained with the same mind. She is unhindered um, by the accepted practices because she doesn't ad adhere to any principles other than direction coming from her heart, right? So this this explains the, I'm hoping that I am I'm kind of explaining the, um, the difference between the left-brainers and the right-brainers, which is our masculine energy and our feminine energy. In addition to that, your left brain is known to be your conscious mind and your right brain is known to be your subconscious mind. Left brain is going to involve your, you know, it's the conscious, so it's cognitive, it's logical, um, rational. Again, I'm saying some of the things say over again, but just trying to help us understand what the left brain is and what it's all about. So um, it's analytical, it's technical, it's all about problem solving, financial and organizational. While the right brain specializes in the creativeness, the, the emotional, it represents femininity, like I said before. Um, also too, intuition, imagination, and um, also in integrative. So with that being said, in this world that we live in, of course, the left brainers are in a lot of control, right? They are in control. This is a male-dominated society. But where does that leave the right-brainers? Where does that leave the, the subconscious people, the, the ones who are that feminine energy? Sometimes we get suppressed. Sometimes, um, you know, get overlooked. And, and because we are going based mainly on our intuition, which is powerful, 
But to the left brainer, that's nonsense because they can't see it. He wants to be able to see it. He got to touch it for it to be real, right? So the subconscious mind is an infinite field of knowledge because it soaks up everything we hear and we see. But the conscious mind, well, the the conscious mind is your second aspect of your consciousness. It is known as your objective mind or your self-consciousness. You know, it's the mind of your five senses. And most importantly, it is the aspect of your mind that is able to reason. But keep in mind that the subconscious mind's inability to reason is not a weakness. And that's, I think, I think that's where we get it confused in this world. Like we feel like, um, or left brainers feel like, you know, because right brainers really don't reason that well, that they feel like it, they're, that right brainers are weak. And that's just not true. Your subconscious mind is responsible for every function you carry out automatically without conscious thought. Your subconscious mind is an infinite field of knowledge. Again, it soaks up everything we hear and see. Your subconscious mind has an immense power in controlling your life experiences from the types of food you eat to the actions you take each day, the level of income you earn, and even how you react in stressful situations. Every bit of it is guided by your subconscious beliefs and interpretations. So... I guess you can say that your subconscious mind is like the autopilot feature on an airplane. It has been pre-programmed to follow a specific route and you cannot deviate from that route unless you change the directions programmed into it first. So we're going to talk about changing those directions today. Primarily, We use our conscious mind to read words and absorb their meanings, but beneath that mental focus, our subconscious mind is busily working behind the scenes, absorbing and rejecting information based on an existing perception that we have of the world around us. This existing perception began forming when we were infants. With every experience, our subconscious mind soaks in information like a sponge. It rejects nothing while we were young because we didn't have any pre-existing beliefs that contradicted what it perceived. It simply accepted all the information we received during our early childhood. Everything was true. Now, we can probably see why this becomes a problem later in life. Every time someone calls you stupid or worthless, slow, lazy, or or worse, your subconscious mind just stored the information away for reference. You may also have received messages about your potential 
potential in life or your limitations that you'll face based on your physical ability or your skin color, your gender, or economic status. By the time we become seven or eight, we already have a solid foundation of belief based on all the programming from the people in our lives, from the television shows we've watched, and other environmental influences. This is why it is important. I remember when my when my daughters were growing up, I tried to teach them as much as possible um, between birth and by the time they were six or seven. I was like, let me instill as much good stuff, you know what I'm saying? Stuff that's going to in, enhance them. And that's one reason why I did not want to give neither of my daughters a perm. I did not want to give them a perm. I did not want to um, change their the texture of their hair because I did not want them to get, because a lot of times that's what we're going to talk about. I wanted to talk about that in the next episode, but I'm going to just touch on it a little bit. I feel like it's important to, you know, instill this, this self-love in children between birth, really before birth, because it starts in the womb. A lot of times people say, oh, it starts at birth. No, it starts before birth. It starts in the womb. You have to start you know, and even before the womb, before now we can we can take this back so deep. Even before you become pregnant, you need to be, you know, empowering yourself. You need to start instilling stuff that you can can give to your children, power and all these things. Because it's, the world is a crazy world and you have to build them mentally strong. You have to build them emotionally strong. So those things, they start before you, you become pregnant, before you conceive, honestly. But then once that child is in your womb, you have to start pouring power and knowledge and wisdom them into them as they are in your womb space you need to talk to them as the mother you have the power to to do that even as the father you have to speak to that woman as if she is the most beautiful the most powerful you have to you know you just have to do these because this child is soaking in everything even in the womb but especially when they come out of that womb, when they're, you know, when you give birth to this child, you have to instill goodness in them, power in them, self-love. And one way I found to do that with my own children was to keep them natural. I wanted them to embrace their natural hair. I wanted them to learn how to love their natural hair. I didn't want them to think that, oh, they needed straight hair or long hair to be beautiful. No, I wanted them to know that they are beautiful with the hair that they were given, the hair that they were born with, their natural hair. And so I felt like that was so important. And even when it came to what they watched on TV, I remember when my oldest daughter was um, four and five, you know, the young, young years, three, four and five, actually. And, um, you know, TV was, oh, my goodness, they love TV. So I had to limit her television watch. You know, she can only watch TV. I think it was like twice a week. Um, and then sometimes I will put in movies 
um, old movies, them old, really old movies like um, Pinocchio and, you know, those old classics. I will put them in. We would talk about them because I wanted to make sure she was getting the right message. I love Pinocchio because the message was let your conscience be your guide. And I love that. And that actually applies to this episode. We have to let our conscious be our guide, but you also have to honor your subconscious because your subconscious has a lot of information. But you have to go back to reevaluate all of those messages that your that your 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 brain received during those seven to eight years. Now, how does this old programming affect us now? You know, when we become adults, sometimes we think that we can simply discard the hurtful or the untrue messages that we absorbed during our early life. But sometimes that's just not so simple. It's just not that simple. Remember that all the information that we received is stored below your level of conscious awareness. The only time we become aware of it is is when it limits our progress in creating a balanced or a successful or productive life. We have no knowledge of it until then. Let me ask you this. Have you ever tried to achieve a goal and kept sabotaging yourself every turn you make? Like you always sabotaged. Doesn't it upset you? Like it's the it, it's so imp, it's so important to know that you're not defective or doomed to fail no matter what you do. And more than likely, you know, when that happens, you've got some old program messages that conflict with this new condition you want to create. And there is excellent news. This is excellent news because it means you can achieve just about anything if you first take the time to reprogram your subconscious mind. And that's what we have to do. We have that's what this room is about reprogramming the subconscious mind you know all those that all of that information that the subconscious mind took in you have to go back and reevaluate it especially when times come up when you are trying to create something and you're you're you know messing it up because of the way you're thinking but that thinking that you have is old programming from something you gathered back when you was young in your childhood days. And this programming is still going on in your adulthood. But before we discover how to reprogram the subconscious, it's important to know that the programming still continues. It's important to understand that and know it. With every experience we have, we draw certain conclusions and we store messages that will guide our future actions. Let me give you an example. 
What kind of message do you think would be stored if you were rejected by someone you cared about? Just take a moment to think about that. Your your subconscious mind, that clever detective, would immediately go hunting through your memories and find other examples of rejection. Like that time your best friend dumped you to hang out with the more popular kids. (laughs) And your subconscious would draw this conclusion that you're somehow unworthy or unlovable and deserve to be rejected. That's how it works, guys. That's how it works. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you have an experience that conflicts with an already established belief, your subconscious mind will either reject it or reframe it. So it goes along with your existing view of reality. Here's another example of this. Let's say you have an underlying belief that you're unattractive and an attractive person expresses an interest in getting to know you better. Most likely, the first thing you're going to think is that it must be a joke or a cruel trick. You won't believe that this person person could find you attractive because you're already in this belief that you're unattractive. Beneath the surface of your conscious awareness, your subconscious mind is screaming, no way, this person is way too attractive to be interested in me. Something is not right. Then you'll either reject that person before they can can reject you, you'll just reject them. Or you may do something to sabotage What could have been a great relationship? Somebody tell me if this has ever been your situation. Have you ever sabotaged? What could have been a great relationship? Now, this same thing happens when you struggle to achieve goals. Eventually, you start to believe that you aren't capable of success. So you come to expect failure. And you end up doing just that over and over again. You can probably imagine many other situations where your subconscious mind limits you. But reprogramming it is a simple matter if you know how. So let's talk about how. There are many different ways to overwrite the limiting or damaging messages that are stored in your subconscious mind. We are going to discuss some of them and you can actually choose to work with one or two, um, you know, one or two of them. Try not to incorporate all of them at the same time, you know, just focus in on one or two of these strategies. So the first one is your environmental influences. Have you ever considered the effect of your environment on your subconscious mind? Remember, your your subconscious mind is absorbing 
information constantly and drawing conclusions and forming beliefs based on that information. So if your daily environment is filled with negativity and strife, imagine what kind of messages are being absorbed in your mind. Remember, you, you, your conscience is not involved in this, okay? This is about your subconscious mind taking in everything that's in your environment. Your first action is to strictly limit the negativity you are exposed to from this moment on. Avoid watching the news. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't watch news. And, and I, I mean, when people, when I'm around people, I go to their house or whatever, especially family members, and I go to their house, I got this news on. I mean, I can just feel the negative energy from the television screen and you can feel the energy. I mean, I can feel energy anyway, but you can feel it. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a bad feeling. So first thing, turn off the news, turn off the news. And I know people say, well, how are you going to know what's going on in the world? That's the number one thing they want to say for a moment in your life. Turn off the news. It gives off too much negativity. Next thing, avoid spending too much time with toxic people. Instead, I want you to seek out positive information to read about that's going to substitute that news. You're going to read about positive things and you're going to watch and spend most of your time with positive and successful people. And over time, you will find that more encouraging messages are being absorbed into your mind, which will alter the way you see yourself and your potential. That's the first strategy. Now, the second one is visualization. Your subconscious mind responds well to, to pictures. Visualization is a great way to program your mind with positive, empowering images. Try to spend about 10 to 15 minutes a day visualizing positive scenes that feature you in your and your life experiences. Okay, I'm going to give you a few things that you might want to visualize. You can visualize an abundance of money. You can visualize a beautiful home. You can visualize a fulfilling relationship. You can visualize an expensive car, exotic vacations, passionate work, a, a fit, slender body, and anything else that you want to draw into your life. Visualize it. See it. Close your eyes. Imagine it. As you do this consistently, you will end up redrawing the negative pictures stored from your past experiences, your fears, your worries, and your doubts. They will be gone. And to boost the power of visualization even further, be sure to image strong, positive emotions while you picture these wonderful things in your mind. Allowing, you're going to allow 
feelings of love and joy and gratitude and peace to flow through you. I'm sorry, I had a moment. I was letting some stuff flow through me. It felt good. (laughs) But your subconscious mind will absorb the messages as, even if they're not real, it will absorb it as if it's real. This is the true beauty of visualization, the power to bypass limiting messages and focus on pleasing images, all of which are being absorbed right into your subconscious to be replayed later. Now, the next strategy is affirmations. That's right, guys. Affirmation is another effective way to install positive messages into your subconscious. They work best if you follow a few simple rules. Number one, word them positively in present tense. Say, I am confident and successful rather than I will be confident and successful. Because focusing on a future condition does not compute with your subconscious mind. It knows only this moment. Also use positive statements. I am not a failure is computed as I'm a failure since your subconscious mind cannot process negatives. So don't say I'm not a failure. Say I am successful. Now, number two, call up the corresponding feeling saying I am wealthy while feeling poor only sends conflicting messages to your subconscious. Whatever words you're saying at the time, strive to feel the corresponding emotion because your subconscious mind will be more apt to believe it. Number three, and this is very important, repeat, 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 and repeat it again, (laughs) okay? Okay, affirmations don't work if you say them once or twice. Recite them many times throughout the day for the best results. The good things about the good thing about this is that you can say affirmations to yourself so they can fit seeming seamlessly into your routine. Say these affirmations. I love to I love to give affirmations to people when they come and do a yoni steam. And while they're on the pot, you're saying your affirmations. I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am loving. I am nurturing. And you're saying, I am beautiful. I am powerful. I am loving. I am nurturing. I am healed. And you, you're, you're just repeating these things, giving, you, giving yourself this power. Affirmations is good, y'all. Do them, okay? Now we're going to move on to the next strategy, which is... Brain entrainment beats. (laughs) This is another popular method 
which uses audio recordings that deliberately alter the frequency of your brain waves. These brain instrument binaural beats are powerful. I listen to them when I, like if I'm doing, like one time I was doing yoga and um, I was in a split and I kind of like pulled my, um, my hamstring a little. It wasn't bad because I could still walk and I couldn't feel pain or anything. I just felt a little pull. And so I'm like, okay, I got to, yeah, I got to heal this. I got to get it right because I can feel that my body, it did affect me in a way, but I can feel that my body, like it wasn't, my flexibility wasn't as, as, as good as I had. I mean, it had messed up my flexibility. So what I did was I put on some 528 frequency and I just, I listened to it overnight. I would just listen, 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 and keep listening because I'm trying to heal my body. But these, these um, binaural beats are just powerful, you know? They're truly powerful. It may sound like something out of science fiction movie, but reports from people who've tried these audio programs are overwhelmingly positive. Your brain waves fall into a specific frequency depending on what you're doing at the given time. Binaural beats results in when two tones are played at differing frequencies, triggering your brain waves to follow a different pattern. For example, if you wanted to shift from stressed to relaxed, you will listen to an audio that triggers the alpha state. These audio programs can help you reprogram your subconscious mind by creating a receptive forum for installing positive messages. Research has shown that your subconscious mind is more receptive to new information when you're very relaxed, such as in in the alpha or the theta states. Using brain instrument audio programs along with affirmations and or visualization can be powerful, powerful, powerful. These are a powerful combination because your subconscious mind lets down its defenses so it can easily absorb any, any message you wish to program it in. Simply relax and focus on positive images. Guys, do this. I'm telling you, your life will change. Okay. Okay. The next is hypnosis. Now, this strategy can be effective in much the same way as brain instrument programs, except without the use of brainwave altering frequencies. Instead, the hypnotist gradually talks you into a more relaxed and receptive state and delivers empowering positive messages to your subconscious mind. Self-hypnosis is another popular option also. You simply use pre-recorded audio programs instead of a live hypnosis session. You can even record your own self-hypnosis CDs so you hear your own voice reciting positive affirmations while you're in a relaxed state. Now I know you're wondering, how do you know if this reprogramming efforts are working? 
One of the most challenging aspects of reprogramming your subconscious mind is that you can't peek inside and see what's still there that might need to be changed. You can't open it up and say, hey, that's still in my subconscious mind. I need to take that out. I can't. You, we can't do that. We don't have we don't have the ability to do that. Right. So instead, you'll have to develop a strong sense of self-awareness so that you can catch self-sabotaging behavior before it gets out of hand. Even so, there are still some clear signs of progress that you may recognize. Here are a few. You may begin to feel stronger and more confident and happier. You may find yourself more willing to take risks and face challenges. Your dreams and goals they don't seem as overwhelming anymore. It's just exciting. Also, too, you'll feel a deep sense of inner peace as if inner conflicts are dissolving. And lastly, you will attract more opportunities to expand and grow in every area of your life. In short, you'll know when changes are taking place in your subconscious mind because you'll notice a shift in both your inner and your outer being, the evidence is usually undeniable. And I want to tell you this, that it is important to give this reprogramming process time to work. Don't expect to see immediate changes. Occasionally, that can happen, but more often, it takes time. Be very consistent and persistent with the methods you choose to install more positive and more positive messages into your subconscious mind as soon as these transformations begin to become apparent you'll feel motivated to keep moving forward but until that that happens stick with it and know that these changes are lifelong powerful and well worth waiting for So, of course, I cannot leave you guys without giving you this gift, especially with this episode that we've discussed today about in her brain as we revise or or learn how to revise our subconscious mind so that we can reprogram our intellectual power after the relationship is over. So what I want you to do right now, I want you to go ahead and grab a mat if you have one. If you don't, just go ahead and grab some pillows and lie on the pillows. You can lie on your bed. You can get comfortable on a sofa, wherever you find your comfort zone. Now is the time to get into your comfort zone. I want you to relax every part of your mind, every part of your body. Take a deep inhalation. Imagine there's a balloon on the inside of your belly. And as you begin to inhale, you're blowing your belly up. That balloon is rising. Coming from the diaphragm through the rib cage, all the way up to your chest. You feel your chest expand. 
And as you exhale, letting go, watching that balloon deflate, you're releasing all of that old programming that was created in your childhood, your early years. Relax. I rewire my brain. I am taking measures to weed out old programs and install new, more efficient programming. I am the programmer of my brain. The more I read about how powerful my beliefs are in programming my life, the more I pay attention to my beliefs. I sort out old beliefs from my childhood and upgrade them to my adulthood. I become acutely aware of my thoughts. I recognize that my thoughts come from my programming and I catch those thoughts that no longer serve my highest good. I follow the stream back to the headwaters and purify the source of that old belief. I ensure that I am only inputting useful information into my brain. I am mindful of what podcasts I listen to. I am aware of what television programs I am programming into my brain. I pay attention to radio input. I pay attention to what music is being played 
in the background. I expand my ability to be aware of all the information that is streaming into my head. I deprogram people from my life that fail to enrich me in some way. I am also very aware of when it is appropriate to enrich other people's lives. Today, I see with great clarity which thoughts, beliefs, and other input are useful and which ones negatively impact me. I reject the ones that fail to support my desired programming, leaving me with newfound positivity and confidence. Now, as you continue to relax, I am going to put a few reflection questions into your mind. What old programs? in my brain need to be eliminated. What new programs am I ready to install? What upgrades do I need to make in my life? Now these are just questions that you can reflect upon. Later on you can get a journal And begin to answer those questions so that you can begin to make changes in your life and in your world.
all right all right guys that is the end of our sixth episode in her brain revising the subconscious to reprogram your intellectual power thank you so much for joining me for this episode guys i'm about to sign off now it's shamika your host your girl she lives that's right and i want to thank you so much for listening again guys remember to share this episode or share this podcast with others especially if you know that they can benefit from it it's good information here so remember to share and also go visit um at she lives well and like the page i have a few announcements that we have um coming up so don't want to miss it all right so i'm going to um sign off now it's shamika but before i leave you know i can't leave you without this a woman can rise above any obstacle once she remembers who she is she will awaken a power within her to overcome any hurt any guilt any pain or shame or any toxic that she's endured in the past. Problems cannot be solved with the same old mindset that created them. Therefore, we must raise our consciousness. We got to elevate our minds to get ourselves together. She Lives Well is on a mission to reawaken the spirit of femininity to rebirth the soul of the world because she lives queens goddesses warriors it is time to awaken